0: Good. You didn't know you were going to get to learn Spanish when you came to church today, so that's exciting. Hey, communion looked a little bit different, didn't it? Did you pick it up on your way in instead of going to the tables to get it? Let me tell you what's going on. We have filled up several of our services, and we needed space. That's a great problem to have, isn't it? So we're excited about that. Not only did that give us a few more chairs where the tables were, we were able to scoot them in a little bit so you can 't get in and out quite as easy, so no bathroom breaks that 's what we 're agreeing to right here and right now, but we 're excited about good problems. Hey, listen, that video just talked about giving generously and joyfully, and if God puts that on your heart today, we want you to know that you could do that by scanning the QR code in the seat pocket in front of you. You can also go to our app, you can go to our website, you can go to the giving stations out in the lobby, but it 's great way to give to God through Northridge Christian Church. But let me say this, okay, if you are visiting the lake today, maybe you're not from our area, you got a home church somewhere else, and you're just camping out with us today to, to open God's word and worship a little bit, thank you so much for being here. But let me tell you something, we don't want your money. We want you to catch up with your church home when you get back. At the same time, if, if you're a visitor and, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you say, I just showed up because somebody invited me. I'm just here because I'm, I'm interested in what this is all about, but I'm not sure that I buy into it yet. Thank you so much for being here. But let me tell you something. We don't want your money. We'd rather introduce you to Jesus first. But let me also say this for the rest of you, giving is absolutely something that we unapologetically expect from the people who have a relationship with Jesus and call this their church home. Somebody lean over to your neighbor and say, can you believe the new pastor is already talking about money? He hadn't even done anything yet and he's asking us to give. Here's the thing, as a church, we don't need your money. We don't need your money. If our budget were to get cut in half tomorrow, we would find a way to make it work and we would still be the church that God is using in this community. But at the same time, giving is a spiritual discipline. It's something that matters in the Bible and so it matters to us. Let me show you a few statistics. Did you know that 16 of the 38 parables that Jesus told address the issue of money and possessions? 16 out of 38, did you know that in the Gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, one out of every 10 verses, that's 288 in all, they deal with the subject of money. Did you know that throughout the entire Bible, from cover to cover, there's, there's about 500 verses on prayer. There's less than 500 verses on faith, but there's more than 2,000 verses on money and possessions. You see, the truth is, how we handle money, this is a spiritual issue, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. My wife and I have a budget, and the reason we have a budget is because we took Financial Peace University and Dave Ramsey told us that we had to, okay? So we have a budget and, and within that budget, we took some of Dave Ramsey's advice and, and we separated just a little bit of money. I called it blow money in the last service. People think I'm on drugs, that's not a good idea. So we are officially changing it to fun money, okay? We're gonna change it right after the service. But we, if rumors get started, you guys fix that for me, okay? We have fun money. But what we do is we take a small portion of the money and my wife and I separate it and we can use it on whatever we want. We don't have to justify it to one another. We use it for lunch during the week and any other purchases that we want to make that we don't think the other person is going to understand. I want to show you one of those purchases that I've made. Okay? This right here um, is a shirt folding board. Okay? And this is the joy of my life. See, I will sit down in my closet and I'll pull out all my T-shirts and I'll lay them out on this thing and then wham, bam, flip it up. And my shirts are folded, and they all look really, really nice. You see, you can pick one of these up for about 20 bucks on Amazon. What makes it worse is that other colors were cheaper, but Sheldon on Big Bang Theory has a blue one just like this, and so I paid more money so that I could get that one. Listen, my wife doesn't understand that purchase, and from the look on your face, you don't really understand that purchase either. But it's my money, and I can do whatever I want to with it, Right? Listen, what would have happened if I had taken my wife's portion of the money and I had used that for a purchase like
1: this?
0: (laughs) Yeah, marriage counseling, okay? It would have been really bad. Now, maybe the first time she would have been full of grace and she would have said, ha-ha, very funny, don't do it again. But if it continued to happen, it would have a direct negative impact on our relationship, why? Because that's the portion of money that's set aside for her to use the way she wants to use it, not for me to use on myself. Listen, that's what's happening in the book of Malachi. The passage we're going to look at today is in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. And what's happening is that God's people are taking this portion of money that God has expected from them. This is his portion of their money, and they're using it for themselves. That's what we're gonna talk about today. You see, in that time period, the economy was in the tank, inflation was rising, gas prices were at an all-time high. Now think about it, I may be talking about us there, but either way, what they've decided to do is they've decided to cut God out of their finances. They've decided that all of their money, everything they have belongs to them and they're gonna use it however they want to and, and their thinking is broken. And so in Malachi 3.10, God restates his expectation just so they can all be on the same page. And he invites them to come back into his plan for how they're gonna use their money. And this verse is is powerful because even though it was written so many years ago, it is still something that we can live by today to help us win with money. This is what it says in Malachi 3.10. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. This is God talking. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Liz, there's a lot packed into that verse. So let's let's start with the word tithe, okay? The word tithe literally means 10%. Biblically speaking, it means the first 10% of everything that we bring in and it's given back to God. Throughout the Bible, this is the baseline for God's people's giving. This is the starting point. This is God's expectation from them. See, in the agrarian culture that this was written in, this meant grain, olives, wine, and meat. In our culture, it means dollars and cents. But let me tell you, if we ever fund society with Pokemon cards, it will even mean that. Now, why 10%? Why does God expect 10%? What's special about that number? Well, I have a couple thoughts. First, it's easy math. Okay, you just move the decimal point one spot and you've got your total. For every dime, you give a penny. For every dollar, you give a dime. For every pig, you give bacon. You know what I'm saying? Like, It's 10%, it's easy math. But second, I think it's important because it's a percentage, not a number, which means it's proportionate to your income, to my income. You see, what some people may do is they may say, I give a lot to God. And they may brag about that and celebrate that, but that's because you make a lot of money. And God's economy, 10% of $200, is celebrated just as much as 10% of $2 million. It's not about the money, it's about the heart behind the money. That's what the tithe is, okay? But but where do we give it to God? Like if, if I bank with Exchange Bank, but I go to deposit my check at Century, it's not gonna make it to its intended destination. So we gotta dive a little bit deeper and figure out where do we give this money so that it can reach its intended destination and be given back to God. Well, God clearly says to give it to the storehouse. Bring your tithe to the storehouse. Now, the storehouse in that culture meant the treasury rooms of the temple. This was God's house. And what was brought into God's house was used to to support the people who were vocationally at work in that place to, to pay for the operations of the temple and to meet the needs of the poor in the community. For us, that would be the church. You see, the local church is the New Testament representation of the Old Testament storehouse. Giving has and always will be God's plan to fund His church. You see, the plan was never that we would fund the church by bingo nights and car washes. God expects that his people are gonna bring a gift and offering a tithe and use that to fund the church. What I love about this, though, is that God doesn't just stop there. He doesn't just say, here's my expectation, follow it. He says, here's my expectation, but let me tell you what's gonna happen if you're obedient in this area. He says, if you'll do this, I will throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Here's what some people do. They they read this verse and they automatically think that God is talking about financial blessing. And what they think is, is if I give God $10, then God's gonna show up and he's gonna give me $100 because he has to, gotcha. But you can't play gotcha with God. See that right there is called the prosperity gospel and it feeds into idolatry and greed and that's not what God is talking about. He can respond in that way, he can bless us financially, he often does do that, but what he says in this verse is that when we're faithful in this area, we invite his presence into our lives in a way that is unmistakable and often unpredictable. It's what he describes in the next couple verses, verses 11 through 12. He says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land. Listen, what he says in this verse or in these verses is that in some way, because of our faithfulness in this area, because we embrace his plan for our money, his generosity will outperform ours. He says, if we're faithful in this, if we handle our money the way he wants us to handle our money, his presence is going to be bigger and more impactful than 10% of our income. He says, if you're faithful in this, if you'll be obedient to what I'm calling you to do, he is going to work in the background in a way that others take notice. You see, what he's saying here is, is not that if we're faithful in this area, he's gonna make us rich beyond our wildest imaginations. But the idea is simply that you cannot outgive God. It's impossible. You cannot outgive God because he will always show up in our generosity. You see, last week we talked about how greed has the ability to limit God's work in our lives. But here we find that the opposite is true. When we're generous and when we embrace this principle, it opens the doors for God to do amazing things in and through us. Here's our sermon in a sentence. And listen, if you checked out because you heard that we were talking about money, come back to me for just a minute because I don't want you to miss this principle. Tithing is a response to God that invites a response from God. Tithing is a response to God that invites a response from God. You see, his presence in our life changes everything about us, including the way we handle money. But when we respond to his presence in our life and we give back to him, it creates a chain reaction because he responds to that by showing up in a powerful way in our lives. Listen, the truth of the matter is the most recent statistics I've found say that only about 3% of Christians are actually tithing. 3% of Christians are actually tithing. So what I wanna do is is I wanna unpack what motivates our giving so that we as a church can flip that around and we can be a bunch of faithful tithers that invite God's presence into our personal lives and into our church. Here's the first thing that motivates our giving. Tithing is an expression of gratitude. Tithing is an expression of gratitude. Every single thing that we have belongs to God which means we don't give a tithe, we return a tithe. You may think, wait just a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I earned this money. It was my sweat, it was my tears, it was my sleepless nights that that I used to get to where I am. But Deuteronomy chapter eight, verses 17 through 18 address that and help us reframe it. It's what it says, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. See, what he says is the breath in our lungs, the strength of our back, even our ability to learn, it all comes from God. And get this, even if we have nothing to our name, even if we have nothing to hold onto to say God has blessed me in this way, every single one of us has the ability to say that I have Jesus Christ, the love and forgiveness that comes from him. And we get to respond to that with our tithe. How many of you hide candy from your kids, anybody? Okay, I'll admit it, okay? It's okay, they're not here, so you can just say it. Um, you put it in the like broccoli container and then in the freezer or something. Listen, I-, I hide candy from my kids because I'm selfish, but there's one of my three kids that I'm willing to share with. And-, and not only am I willing to share, I go out of my way to share with that kid. And the reason I do that is because he first shared with me. You see, he has candy way more frequently than I do, but when he comes home with candy, he holds on to it until he gets to me and he says, I got your favorite kind, can we eat it together now? Isn't that precious? He's my favorite. No, he's not my favorite. But in this area, in this area, he is my favorite. And because he shares so much of his candy with me, because of his extreme generosity, because of the way he blesses my life in this area, when I come home with a pack of Skittles, you better believe he's the first person I go running to so that I can share something back with him. Listen, that's what the tithe is like. You see, when we count up all the ways that God has blessed us, when we count up all the things that he has shared with us, when we count up all the ways that his presence has impacted our lives, it doesn't force us to give a tithe. Man, it creates this desire in us that says, I want to be generous in this way because you were generous to me first. That's why when giving drops in the church, I'm not as worried about the finances as I am about people's understanding of the gospel. You see, we can fix the finances, You know how fast Michelle sells stuff on the online yard sale page? We could fund this church for years just off of selling stuff. We can fix the finances, but when people aren't giving, it says something about our spiritual lives that we don't understand what God has done for us. and That's a much bigger deal. Tithing is an expression of gratitude. Here's the second thing that motivates our giving. Tithing is a demonstration of faith. It's a demonstration of faith. We believe that he can and will take care of us. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 30. This is Jesus talking. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? See, what Jesus says here is that God feeds the birds, God clothes the flowers, and He cares so much more about us. He will take care of our needs. You see, the problem with money is that money is power, and money is comfort, and money is security, and because of that, we hold on to it for dear life. But by letting go of it, the tithe reminds us that God is ultimately in control. He has the authority, and He loves us unconditionally. Listen, I played in a golf tournament a few years back, and it was a fundraiser for a Christian organization, and we get to hole like four or five, and they've got this professional golfer that's on the tee box, and he says for $5, I think he worked for them, I'm not really sure. Maybe he just took our money, but he said for $5, I'll hit your first shot. And I thought about it because I'm stingy, and I was like, I don't know, I kind of like my chances, but... But then I realized there was water on that, that, that course and, and I was probably gonna hit it in the water. So I gave him $5 and he swung his club and he shot that ball 300 yards. Man, I'd have made it 25 yards into the water, but he sends it sailing 300 yards way farther than I could have done for myself. Listen, tithing is our way of teeing up the ball for God. It's our way of saying, I recognize that you can take this money, this 90% that I still have, and you can do way more with it than I could possibly do with 100%. See, it's our way of recognizing that my best efforts are always going to fall short. But when we put the ball in God's hand, he can carry it farther. And we have faith and trust in him. Here's the third thing that motivates our tithe. Tithing is a commitment to God's work. In his book, Surprised by Hope, N.T. Wright, he says this. He says, God builds God's kingdom, but God ordered his world in such a way that his own work within that world takes place not least through one of his creatures and particularly, namely the human beings who reflect his image. He says God builds God's world. He's the one that does the work. He's the one that makes things happen. He's the one that changes lives. He's the one that meets needs. But for some crazy reason throughout the entire Bible, cover to cover, he uses people like you and me to get his work done. See, Psalm 50 says that God doesn't need anything from us. It says that he owns the forest and he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, but for some reason, he chooses to take our gifts. What we offer to him and he multiplies it to make something powerful happen in the world around us. See, when we tithe, that's our way of saying, here God, sign me up. Put my resources to use. Show up in what I have to give and make a difference through me. Tithing is a commitment to God's work. Last but not least, here's one more thing that motivates our tithe. Tithing is a declaration of our priorities. It's a declaration of what matters most to us. You see, make no mistake, 10% of our income is a lot of money. And when when people are introduced to this for the very first time, oftentimes they panic and they squirm around in their seats and they don't look directly at the person who's preaching, okay, no pressure. (laughs) But they start to reason themselves out of it and say, look, if I were to give in to this, if, if I were to embrace God's plan in this way, if I were to surrender my life to this, man, it would require me to rearrange my entire life. But maybe that's the entire point. Because when we give back to God in this way, when we're obedient to his plan for our money, it allows us to rearrange our entire life around God. See, every single thing we sacrifice in order to honor God with our tithe, it reminds us that he matters more. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 22 through 23, it says this. And be sure to set aside a tenth or a tithe of all that your fields produce each year. Eat the tithe of your grain, new wine and olive oil and the firstborn of your herds and flocks in the presence of the Lord your God at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. You see, the primary purpose of the tithe is to help us put God first, because the truth of the matter is when we put God first in our giving, we will naturally put God first in every single thing we have. Tithing is a declaration of our priorities. Listen, when I say that we're gonna talk about money, when I introduce that idea, when I start thinking about it, I start to get a little bit nervous because I know what's gonna happen. I know that people are gonna disengage, right? Like, I knew that if I had put up on Facebook, hey, this week we're going to talk about tithing, that would have dealt with our seating issue, okay? We could have had communion and as many tables as we wanted in this room. Three percent of the people are giving, but let me tell you something. Those three percent are loud. And when I start sharing what I'm talking about, I have received text after text after text this week of people saying, listen, I've seen God show up in my life in that way. I've had people walk in and they've given me testimony after testimony after testimony, stories of the ways that they've been obedient in this way and the ways that God has shown up in their life. I had somebody on the front row after the last service and she smiled ear to ear. She says, listen, six years ago, seven years ago, I started attending this church. I decided to test God in this area and it has absolutely changed my life. She said, there's something about it that doesn't make sense. But when I started giving back to God, God showed up in a powerful way. And it's unmistakable. And it's changed my life. Listen, we hear so many stories about that. We decided to record a few of them. And and I want you to watch this video by by a woman from our church named Jodi. And she's gonna share a little bit about her giving journey. Watch this screen.
1: I chose to start giving because I've seen what giving does. I've seen how it impacts people's lives. I've seen how giving impacts my life. When I first started giving, there was no way I could jump to a 10% time. But my faith told me, you know, the Bible says this is what you're to do and you need to do this as a Christian. There are a lot of ways that you can give. Um, And I think of time and talent and treasure. Um, When I retired, my income was cut in half, and so I had to cut back on my tithe, which really bothered me. But then as I thought about it, prayed about it, I realized that I could give more of my time as a retired person, and more of my talents as a retired person, in addition to the treasure that I was given. So um, it's not just your money. I would say to someone who's on the fence about giving that, You just need to do it. Like the Nike Logan says, just do it. It's such a blessing for those who receive from that giving. I think about the children um, in foreign countries who receive from us giving. I think about organizations here in Milledgeville who benefit from us giving. Um, I think about people in our church um, who've been helped through giving. And so I
0: would just say, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Listen, tithing is a response to God that invites a response from God. In Malachi chapter three, verse 10, we skipped over this one little phrase that God uses. He says, test me in this. Do you know that there's nowhere else in the Bible that God says, test me in this? As a matter of fact, there's other places in the Bible where it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. But in this, he says, I promise you, I will show up in your life. Your life will never be the same. Test me in this. And hey, we believe that getting started is the hardest part. And so we wanna come alongside you. And so wherever you are on your giving journey, what we're asking is that you consider taking the 90 day giving challenge. Here's what's motivating this, okay? I'll be honest with you every single time i preach I, I either sit on the front row or stand in the back and i look out over everybody and i, and I ask myself god do i love these people today the answer was yes <laughs> it's always yes the day it's not yes i need to find something else to do i said do i love these people then i want them to understand what it is we're talking about so that they can respond and experience your blessing in this way You see, what we're gonna do is we're gonna allow you to take the 90-day giving challenge. We're gonna come alongside you with weekly encouragement and a promise. That promise is simply this, that if you give for 90 days, if you're faithful to God for 90 days in this area and you come back and you say, I didn't see God move at all. I didn't experience his blessing in my life. He didn't hold up his end of the bargain. then you let us know and we're gonna refund 100% of your gift, no questions asked. How many churches do you know that come with a money back guarantee? We are so confident that God is gonna work in your life. We love you and we want you to experience his blessing in this area. If you scan the QR code in front of you, there's a tab that says 90 day giving challenge and there's three different things you can select on there. One of them it says fearless giver. What that means is that you say I'm already given 10% but I wanna test God farther and I wanna go above and beyond. There's another tab that says faithful giver that says, you know what? I haven't been giving 10%. Maybe I haven't been giving at all, but I'm gonna take that plunge. I'm gonna be faithful. I'm gonna give 10%. And for some of you, maybe like Jody said, you can't take that full step yet. That's okay. But we want you to step towards obedience. Maybe that means you can give 3%. Maybe that means you can give 4%. Maybe every year you can increase that, but you say, I'm gonna be a regular giver so that I can see if God shows up in my life. I want you to know our staff is all doing this. Our elders are all Doing this. Even as a church, we take 10% of everything that comes in and we immediately give it away to missions because of this principle. God wants to work in our lives, and this is one of the ways that He chooses to do it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we know that you have so many resources that are at your disposal, God. There's so many things you could use, so many ways you could accomplish your will, but God, we celebrate the fact that you choose to work through us. God, not only do you choose to work through us when we choose to be obedient to you, but you promise that if we'll give you a chance to work through us in this area, that you're gonna show up and you're gonna move in our lives and you're gonna have a powerful presence in and through us. Lord, I pray that we be a church that's not defined by a 3% tithe rate, but God, that we become a church that says, I am all in and I wanna see you work in and through this place. God, I pray that if you're pressing on somebody's heart today that they need to give to you. God, I pray that they not leave this place without doing business with you and acting on what you've asked them to do. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with
0: what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at